Hi, and welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian. We are a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. This week, we're exploring the coziness of dreams and investigating what makes for sweet slumber. But instead of calling up the Sandman to help us unlock the land of Nod, we've enlisted the help of Delphi Ellis, a counselor, spiritual coach, and author who specializes in dreams and sleep. Welcome to the podcast, Delphi. Welcome. Hello. It's so good to be here. What a great introduction. I love that. <laughs> Very cozy. We are, are extremely excited to have you here. Mm-hmm. We've been wanting to cover the topic of dreams and sleep on the show for years. We've been doing this since 2017. Wow. And we were waiting for you, Delphi. So we now landed that you're here, we can finally talk you. about it. <laughs> oh, amazing. Thank you. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. But before we speak about sleep, Let's check in with what's making us feel cozy this week. Jillian, kick us off. What is making you feel cozy this week? Airplane food. <laughs> All right, you're going to have to explain this one a little bit. <laughs> I know that's quite the twist. And maybe just because I like free things. But I was really impressed with um, the airplane food I got recently on Air France. And I was in economy. I was not, I was with the little people, so to speak. I am the little people. My partner actually was in premium economy, left me behind. Oh, wait a minute. You travel together, but in different sections? I'm basically like that viral Twitter moment. Yeah, I, I was going to you... say, like, you know, there are people arguing about that. That's like divorce worthy behavior. I'm going to tell her that. Um, <laughs> but I was, I was happy because we got the same meals. So that just goes to show. Um, but anyway, I got a lovely couscous, um, all these little breads and cheeses, and a little glass of champagne, which also the premium economy folks got. And um, the woman next to me said, chin chin. I thought it was like a very cute little... It was really cute. <laughs> and it was just really enjoyable. What am I going to get? The surprise of it. You know, it's like mystery bags. What's going to be on my plate? <laughs> and then in the morning, you smell all the warm little pastries. And it's not like a Parisian cafe. It's just, you know, back with the flight attendant. The microwave, I guess. But I thought it was really um, cozy and comforting. A little yogurt to me feel like a kid again. A little treats. So that's making me feel cozy. Well, it's it sounds like Air France has like a reputation to uphold then. Like they need to represent their whole country in their airline service. So <laughs> there's an <laughs> obligation. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, American airlines, they don't really give you a lot of stuff. They, I guess they also practice. uphold a certain reputation for <laughs> cutting corners and... Yeah, so maybe that's why I was so wowed, um, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that's. A, I mean, that does sound incredible. It, it does sound though that maybe not, maybe it's not airplane food writ large, <laughs> yeah. but specifically, yeah. I do like the fact that there's that egalitarian. Everyone gets the same uh, champagne throughout. The, yeah, I thought that was really. And, and this is so how sad my um, framing of thinking was because. They also give you little bottles of wine, but I thought you could, I'm like, there's no way I could get champagne and wine. So uh, they said, do you want the champagne? And I was like, oh no, the wine. And then, and then the person next to me had the champagne and the wine. And I was like, oh man, I really made a big mistake because of my brain, I said, no way they're giving us two freebies. You deserve it, Julian. <laughs> chin chin. <laughs> Amazing. So I feel like what's making me feel cozy this week, I'm already kind of pre-embarrassed for myself because I always find uh, folks I really enjoy watching on Instagram. I don't have TikTok. And so I get like last month's TikToks on Instagram. And so I, so this person, I was like, wow, I'm really 
falling in love with this creator named uh, Karen Stalson. Her uh, handle is Karen Joy. I'm, I think I'm it's it's like K A A R I N. I'm going to pronounce it that way. I think it's Karen. Anyway, <laughs> or Karen. They first of all make really beautiful crochet pillows, like lots of fruit themes, like strawberries and um, blueberries and watermelon. Those are adorable, but I've been obsessed with the saga in her reels, which are these fruit stools from Home Goods. Some of them were pre-painted, but some of them were just like like a bland white. And so she was taking them home and coloring them. She'd take a generic kind of like lime stool and then paint it into. So she has one that's a lemon one and a one that's an orange slice. And just it's over these reels that like one reel at a time, it's her like phases of painting them. So really, it's a little bit of like a Bob Ross element of just watching someone paint something, which I I find very relaxing, but also just her faith in the finished product, because there are stages of the process where you're like, I don't know, Karen, this does not look that great. (laughs) Um, But she always in the end uh, gets there and it's always like really beautiful to look at. And then I find out later that she has like over a million followers on TikTok and probably everyone knows who this is. And I'm just like in the Stone Age. But that is uh, what's making me feel cozy this week. Yeah, it's a really cute way to liven up the the house. And I think it's becoming a trend where you're turning everyday furniture into food items. Mm-hmm. I think is really cute. Her house really feels like she's like a little mouse with like all her food item furniture. <laughs> like a <laughs> Sylvanian family kind of vibe. Her enthusiasm is just infectious. Um, and also she's really relatable. I think she's a full-time nurse. So she like comes home mm. from work and does this on top of that. And so she's like exhausted, but she's still going to paint that strawberry stool. And I'm here to watch that. <laughs> Yeah. Wow, that's yeah, that's impressive. How about you, Delphi? What is making you feel cozy this week? Here in the UK, we've just been having the most awful weather lately. And for the first time in weeks, we've actually had some sunshine. And for me, it's always there's something about blue skies and sunshine that just makes such a difference. I'm all about helping people find their mojo, as I call Mm -hmm. it, and get their sparkle back. And sometimes it's just in the little things, you know, sometimes it's in the smallest things. I mean, you know, for sometimes it's like maybe fresh bedding, you know, when you had a nice warm bath and you get into clean sheets, that kind of cozy feeling. Um, But here I'm literally looking at a blue sky and it's just so lovely to see that blue sky. And and even though I still needed a scarf when I went out today, because it's it's still it's still quite chilly here. But, um, yeah, there's definitely something just about blue skies and and sunshine that really kind of gives me that feeling of we're not in summer yet but we're just definitely kind of moving into that warmer space and seeing things like the daffodils and and some of the spring flowers starting to show their heads and things like that and I'm one of these people where if they look beautiful in nature I'm not one to pick them and put them in Mm -hmm. my house you know what I mean I'm like I'm going to leave them there because that's where they're most beautiful and um so yeah for me it's very much kind of the outdoors is really kind of giving me that feeling this week it's been invigorating to see nature spring back to life, and it does completely give you a mood overhaul. I hope you get to, it continues and get to enjoy it more. Yeah, I mean, here it's, it, we're moving into that really warmer weather, so it is going to start to get quite warm here soon. And, and I'm okay with that, but I much prefer, I mean, I live in England for a reason, mm. right? and that, that is because we're used to grey skies and rain. You know, <laughs> that. Don't get me wrong, I'm okay with, with, uh, with grey skies and, and rain, but it's just nice to see that transition, you know, as everything's moving into the spring. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what's doing it for me. Very cozy. Extremely cozy. So as we gear up for the close of ATC's latest season, rest and downtime are on the brain. And in preparation, we're talking to Delphi Ellis, who you 
<laughs> already meant, an mm-hmm. incredible expert in sleep and dreams. Delphi, who wrote Answers in the Dark, Grief, Sleep, and How Dreams Can Help You Heal, runs a website, Helping You Sparkle, which offers well-being services in mindfulness, resilience, and peer support, to name a few. Delphi has also appeared on countless TV and radio programs and has talked to an impressive roster of publications. I have to talk to you after, Delphi. Um, (laughs) Thank you for joining us today and welcome again. Thank you. It's so good to be here. So I've always been interested in in dreams and it turns out you have been too and your website says your entire life. And Mm -hmm. so with that, what do you find cozy about dreams And the second part, what's your advice for those seeking cozier dreams and more peaceful sleep in general? Yeah, so I, I, as you say, I grew up in an environment where we talked about dreams from a very early age. So it was quite natural for me to have this, these conversations very early on about what dreams are and, and what they might mean. And I think certainly in the West and definitely in the UK and, and perhaps in the US as well, there's definitely this kind of this notion to westernize our dreams. So we tend to go straight into talking about, you know, psychoanalyzing people and getting to the nitty gritty of what is this subconscious trying to tell them you know and all that kind of stuff whereas for me I was raised very much to believe that dreams are your friends they're trying to give you some advice but um, you know it's almost like because they're going on underneath the surface our friends can often see things that we can't you know our friends can often point us in different directions around what's working for us and what's not and although our subconscious is providing this on the surface, we might not be able to see that or we're not necessarily ready to explore that. And so, of course, what we're not dealing with during the day is going to show up for us either in poor sleep, in not being able to sleep very well, or in the dreams that we are having. And that will show up in the different types of dreams and the dream content. So for me, what makes dreams cozy is the the way that they are friends. They are trying to give us some advice. They're pointing us towards something that can be really useful. But like some of our friends, we might take what they say with a pinch of salt. We don't necessarily take them too seriously. We might even think they're perhaps trying to, you know, annoy us or frustrate us in some way. Um, And so that's one of the reasons why people might not remember them or take them too seriously. So for me, I think for me, dreams, you know, the cozy element is very much about seeing them as your friend. They're trying to help you. But like any friend, you can choose to ignore or, you know, perhaps don't take them so seriously, depending on what it is they actually said I mean I dreamt about a talking hedgehog called Alan the other night to give you <laughs> dreams I had the other day um, and there's a whole reason for that I could explain but but suffice it to say that you know that there, there are some times when you wake up in the morning and you think what the hell um, <laughs> um you know that 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 it gets us thinking and that's good you know that's that's what friends are you know friends get us thinking they encourage us to think about what's going on for us and how we can use those those kind of pieces of information and insight helpfully I think in terms of what makes dreams more cozy, for me, it's very much around our pace of life. So if I am going at 100 miles an hour all day, if I get into bed at the same speed, it stands to reason that my bed is going to become this magical place that reminds me of all the things I haven't done today. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going I'm to find that my sleep and my dreams move at the same pace. I might wake up feeling exhausted and those kinds of things. 
So to make our dreams more cozy, we could maybe think about whether or not, first of all, we're setting ourselves up for a good night's sleep. So an hour before bedtime, am I doing all the right things in terms of winding down, listening to some calming music, maybe meditating or reading a book that I know, you know, won't get my motor running, those kinds Mm -hmm. of things. Um, But also, I talk about this in Answers in the Dark in that if we're not dealing with our problems, they're like a hole that we walk around during the day and fall into at night. And so if we have, uh, we don't have the space or even the strength even sometimes to deal with what's going on for us during the day, it probably will show up for us in our dreams at night. So the more we're able to talk about what's going on for us, uh, the, the more likely we are to have kind of sweeter dreams, as it were. Well, first of all, I really love the concept of dreams as friends. That's such a beautiful yes. way of looking at it. And I really hope that Alan the Hedgehog visits me in my sleep. Same. I was, just, I was thinking the same <laughs> thing. We can only be so lucky. <laughs> so, I mean, as you mentioned, there's all these elements that go into a good night's sleep and then that would you know reflect in the kind of dreams that you have. And you have a, a background in counseling and mental health advocacy mm-hmm. and healing others. In your view, how do those connect to sleep and dreams? Sure. So my background is actually in bereavement and I worked mainly with those that had been bereaved by sudden and unexpected death. So for them, these were people that were going through some of the most difficult times in their lives. And it wasn't long before people started to talk to me about the quality of sleep that they were having, but also that they wanted to get their sparkle back. You know, they wanted to find their way forward after such a difficult time. And so I found quite naturally and organically that we were able to explore things like their quality of sleep, what might have been getting in the way of that. I mean, a lot of people these days, they talk about something called sleep hygiene, which is to do with your habits, the things you're doing during the day that might stop you sleeping at night. Mm. So things like we often talk about caffeine and how that can interrupt sleep or, you know, too much exercise close to bedtime and stuff like that. And don't get me wrong, that is true. But often, and certainly in my experience, it wasn't so much what people were doing during the day that stopped them sleeping. It was what was happening to them during the day that stopped them sleeping. Mm -hmm. And so if they were dealing with all these difficulties, and by the way, I I talk about this in Answers in the Dark. When I talk about grief, I don't just mean the death of a loved one. I'm talking about loss in its broadest sense. So a relationship breakdown. Uh, even a child leaving to go to college or redundancy, you know, those kinds of losses that we experience, grief shows up for us in lots of different ways. And so I was able to explore this with people in such a way that we were first of all able to look at their sleep quality and how, again, by doing some of those simple things like um, winding down before bedtime, making sleep a priority, seeing it as a friend rather than the enemy, you know, those kinds of things. Um, but also they wanted to talk to me about their dreams. They wanted to talk to me about some of the sometimes worrying or troubling dreams that they'd been having. And we were able to sort of normalize that. We were able to kind of look at that as part of this process. Grief, grief is more like a roller coaster than it is a flight of stairs. One of the things I talk about quite controversially in the book is that there are no stages of grief. Everybody is different. You know, grief is, as I say, it's more like a roller coaster than a flight of stairs. And and if we can learn to see grief as this journey rather than a to-do list, 
then we can start to approach it in a way that feels meaningful and helpful. So that's really how I kind of joined all these dots. But also from the perspective that I grew up in this environment where it was just so natural to talk about this, you know, it was just so natural to have these conversations about what dreams are and how they might be helping us in some way. Um, So to give you one example of how dreams have been used beyond that sort of subconscious rattling of the mind I was talking about earlier, how we've kind of westernized dreams. Um, There are famous people throughout history who have used their dreams to influence their work. So Albert Einstein, for example, was said to have dreamt the theory of relativity. Uh, Vincent van Gogh used to say, I dream my painting and then I paint my dream. So we've actually been using dreams much more broadly than, you know, what's going on for me subconsciously? What am I not dealing with? Those kinds of things. And so over the years, I've been able to really unpack that with people and see how we can kind of join those dots to help them get their sparkle back. Yeah, I think that's really an important point that you hit on to not be afraid of your dream, mm. not to resist them mm. and to yeah see, see them as potential um, maps to some larger takeaway that could help them heal. Switching to a little bit of a lighter um, note, and I hope this is not too silly, but can we manifest our dreams? So for example, if I really want to dream of cats because I find them comforting and soothing and healing, is there any trick or thing that I could do to to do that or if someone else has something that really brings them comfort oh absolutely so one of the things I talk about in answers in the dark is how you can set intentions before bedtime so um, and to give you an example they can happen quite naturally so the reason I dreamt about Alan the Hedgehog for example (laughs) uh, was because before I'd gone to bed that night I'd actually seen a friend of mine um, has got a hedgehog cam so they are actually kind of watching these little hedgehogs every night and every morning they'll they'll look at their hedgehog cam and see what they got up to. And what they <laughs> I love that. It's so cute. I mean, it's just amazing. And so that's one of the reasons I dreamt about Alan the Hedgehog was because I'd seen these hedgehogs before bedtime. You know, if you want to dream about cats, for example, then um, absolutely, you know, watching cat videos or trying, you know, saying to yourself before bedtime, I'd love to dream about cats, then that can definitely have an influence because remember, they're your friends, you know, your friends want to help you in some way shape or form so yeah you could you could potentially set the intention to dream about something you know you really want to it's funny because someone once uh, in fact it's happened more than once I've had people email me from all over the world saying can I dream the lottery numbers <laughs> and, uh, that's, that's awkward because you know I, I have to kind of say well you can try um I, I actually had once that somebody contacted me to say that in their dream there was a box and they knew that in this box was the lottery numbers but every time they went to open the box in the dream they woke up and they sent me this email to say what can I do to stay asleep what can I do to find out what these numbers are and I just kind of had to say do you know what if it's going to happen it's going to happen I don't think there's anything you can kind of do to to, to force that if, if you're meant to have the lottery numbers you'll probably get them so but yeah this is this is one of the ways we can influence our dreams that's amazing. Love these anecdotes. <laughs> Jillian just makes make sure because Jillian has two cats, so I think you just need to like stare at them intently se- oh. at, several, at several points throughout the yeah. day. Like, shove your face in the cats and <laughs> rub them like a genie before I go to sleep. Um, yeah, because I've always thought to myself like I I really want to dream about X thing or I want to because I find that comforting, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's good to know that I that you can set those intentions before you go to sleep. Absolutely, yeah. Let's think about a little bit of the opposite. You know, well, you know, that kind of situation that can happen when you have trouble remembering your dreams and you really want to, kind of similar to that box story where like you you kind of want to 
be back in that moment and finish it or like at least remember better. Like if, if especially if I'm painting my dreams, like I really need to remember that painting. <laughs> what, what does it mean if someone does have trouble remembering their dreams and how can they improve their ability to recall? There's lots of different reasons why people might not be remembering their dreams. One of the reasons is the importance that they place on them. I've genuinely spoken to people over the years who, for whatever reason, they'd rather not remember their dreams. And so they've almost taught themselves not to remember them. Mm. But another thing is, if you think about the world we live in today, we're available to people 24 hours a day, seven days a week, potentially. If I wake up in the morning and the first thing I'm thinking about is where I've got to be, who I'm going to see, what I've got to do my dream is just going to disappear into the ether. And some some research suggests that if you don't write your dream down within five minutes of waking, most of the content or at least 50% of the content will be gone. And if you don't write it down within 10 minutes, pretty much all of the content, 90% of the content will be gone. So the key is when you wake up in the morning, lying as still as possible so that you can start to kind of focus on the images or the thoughts or even the song. You might have a song on your lips, you know, something that's kind of an echo from your dream and then setting the intention to write it down. But there are other things. I mean, some research suggested people who smoke are less likely to remember their dreams than those who do. People who meditate are more likely to remember their dreams than those who don't. So there's lots of different reasons, but some of it is certainly to do with, like I was saying to Gillian about the intention. You know, if I set the intention I want to remember my dreams, then it's almost like I'm sending a message to my friend saying, yeah, that's okay. You can hit me with one of those tonight. Whereas if I'm going to bed consciously thinking, I really hope I don't remember my dreams in the morning, then Mm. I'm less likely to remember them. So a lot of it is around intention, but there will be reasons people have kind of trained themselves not to. That makes total sense because I've definitely like woken up from a dream and it was an incredible idea that I really wanted to remember. I was like so proud of whatever I came up with unconsciously. And then I was like, I'll never forget that. And I don't write it down because I'm so (laughs) confident that it won't go away because it was so moving or like I, so it felt so important. Mm. And then without fail, I do always forget it because I, and I, and I didn't write it down. So there it goes. I'm just so frustrated because all I have is the memory that I had a really great dream that had a good idea in it. And I can't remember (laughs) what it was. (laughs) That's a great tip. Like just have that journal or whatever next to your bedside, ready to write that down when you have that moment. Cause even if you feel like it was like super, you could really think about it and, and hold it. It's, it's still going to go away probably after 10 minutes. It definitely. And, and especially if you are busy, you know, if you've got loads mm-hmm. going on in your life, it's, it's just going to disappear. And to give you some insight into how powerful that can be, I don't know if you're familiar with who Stephanie Mayer is. She wrote the Twilight Saga, the story. Oh, yes. <laughs> and um, so to give you, she talks about this quite openly, I believe, on her website, but she dreamt the Twilight Saga from start to finish. So if you think about it, when she woke up in the morning, as far as I understand it, she didn't think to herself, hmm, what does the symbol of a vampire mean? What does the symbol of a, ve- a werewolf mean? She, as I understand it, she knew she'd been given a story. So she was able then to kind of get the story down and the gist of it into the what then became five books. So there's definitely something in terms of that creative element. And I will say people who are more creative, people who love to paint, people who love to write, who love to draw, they are more likely to remember their dreams and they will also remember them in real detail. So, you know, for example, if I was wearing a green top they wouldn't just describe it as green they would say well that's a sort of a khaki kind of dull green or a sparkly green or whatever it is you know they'd have lots of descriptive um, words to use for it so people who are creative by nature will often find they have very vivid and, and sometimes quite wild dreams 
Yeah, and that goes back to what you're saying about the sleep hygiene kind of aspect of it a little bit too, even from, you know, going out from like a health sense of like, you know, what the kinds of foods you consume, but even if you're engaged in creative practice all day and that you're working that part of your mind, it it does Mm -hmm. make sense that you're more likely to keep that engaged even in sleep. Exactly that, yeah. Yeah, so you mentioned having a a book to a paper to write down your dreams. So dream journaling is really popular and I can see that as a part of almost dream therapy, which is also services that you you offer. So who does that benefit? And then also, what does it entail? So keeping a dream diary, I recommend this to everybody. Even if you only remember a dream once every 10 years, it can be so important because you will find patterns in your dreaming. You'll start to see why you have certain dreams when you do. So one of a really common dream that people have, certainly in the UK, is uh, dreaming that they're back at school taking an exam that they weren't ready for. And people will often find if they keep a dream diary, even if it's been 20, 30, 40 years since they were at school, but they're still having that dream that they're back at school taking an exam they weren't ready for, they will often find that perhaps they're coming up on a deadline or perhaps they've had some news they weren't ready for or something has happened and that has kind of prompted them to have this back at school taking an exam I wasn't ready for dream. So although the dream itself might have something to do with a period of learning and that's why the school itself shows up, often people will have these dreams and be able to make connections between why they have them when they do. I will say, though, there are different types of dreams. I mean, I refer to dreams as nighttime therapy because they're able to help us work through at night what we're not dealing with during the day. And so sometimes we might wake up in the morning feeling quite upset by what we may have dreamt about. But actually, it is part of that we needed to talk about this, you know, we needed to look at this or we needed to unpack it in some way. And so that really the benefit is, is that sometimes the dream again will be helping us to unpack something that perhaps for whatever reason we can't work through during the day. And so that in itself becomes that nighttime therapy. But also when people start to realise that they have recurring dreams for a reason, they might then, if even if sometimes the dream is quite graphic or, you know, there's something in the dream that kind of scares them to some extent, they'll be able to wake up in the morning if they've been keeping a dream diary and they know why they have that certain dream. They can wake up in the morning and think, OK, I know why I've had that. I know what that's about and I know what I need to do about that or I know maybe that that's just part of where I am at the moment. I wrote an article recently which is about, you know, my nightmares are normal and and that's very much because, you're, again, your dreams are speaking to you like a friend but if you don't pay attention, they will get louder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> will get louder you know if we're not listening and so um and so sometimes that's where again there's value even in nightmares you know there's value in them because at the end of the day they're just trying to tell us something and if we take the time to understand what it was when we then have the nightmare if if we have the nightmare again we're able to then kind of wake up in the morning and think yeah I know what that was about I know what I need to do with that are there any specific symbols in dreams that you know that you see a common thread of your clients having or people you talk to that are kind of universally cozy, like a common thread. 
Mm. Yeah, I mean, there, I mean, there's all kinds of dreams that people have. But in, in my experience, to give you one example, is visitation dreams. So that's when somebody who has died appears to the dreamer. And often in those dreams, they are warm and they are happy and they are glowing. And the dreamer will wake up the next morning, especially if they've been having trouble navigating their grief uh, or if they've been having, you know, some of those big life questions like, where am I going? What am I doing? You know, what's happened to my loved one, those kinds of things. So visitation dreams can just be the most beautiful experience where a person will wake up in the morning feeling like something really special has just happened. So their their loved one has appeared to them. And often what's really interesting, I was speaking to some people recently and, and I talk about, again, I talk about this in Answers in the Dark, and this has been a real theme over the sort of 20 years, is they'll often say to me, oh, they were wearing their favourite dress Mm. or they looked much younger and much healthier than they did when they passed or, you know, there's something about them. And they will often say to me when they woke up in the morning, although there was a moment of they've gone, there was still a moment of, oh, but I feel so much better. You know, I feel so much better knowing that they're okay or that, you know, that I've seen them and they've spoken to me because so often they will also appear with a message. They'll often appear with a message. In fact, person recently, um, they were telling me that in the dream, their person said to them, stop worrying about me get on with your life, you carry on, you do what you want to do and go where you want to go. I'm fine. In fact, I'm having a whale of a time where I am. <laughs> so you just do you and don't worry about me. And they said they woke up the next day sort of laughing because this person <laughs> said, you know, don't worry about me. I'm having a whale of a time where I am. <laughs> Um, you know, you carry on where you are. So, so yeah, for me, those are the ones where people in, in, you know, with my background and my experience, those are the ones that have been really special. People often wake up feeling very warm and comforted in the morning that wherever their loved one is right now, they're fine. And uh, they just need to carry on and, and live life to their best. Yeah, those visitation dreams are so powerful. I've definitely had them where I had a lingering sensory experience afterwards, right? I woke up and uh, I smelled smoke because my grandma would oh, smoke wow. all the time. And it, 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 that's that connection, I think, between like the memory of that person and all, all yeah. the things you experience around them, like smelling all the smoke. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's amazing what the brain can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like you can't give yourself permission in the day to maybe perhaps move on. And so, of course, I'm mm-hmm. sure you can take that visitation literally or you can take it in a way of, you know, that the dreams, your friend is allowing you that, that yeah. piece. And it's okay to, you know. Yeah, absolutely okay. that. And I, I mean, I will say that, it, you know, for some people, it does offer almost, again, that nighttime therapy, you know, that opportunity to kind of move forward after what's happened to them. And because it feels so real to them. And don't forget, again, in other parts of the world, dreams are a portal, you know, they are mm-hmm. a divine portal that enables us to speak to people that, that may have done that. So I think this is where, um, you know, for that person, it feels so precious and so real that it just gives them the comfort that they needed to find their way forward. Absolutely. And in, in thinking, going back to the dream journaling aspect of it, and you were mentioning like the recurring dreams and thinking about when those sorts of dreams occur, mm. um, the opportunity for reflection like the 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 fact of keeping a a dream diary really does help you reflect on your own life and you know I think we all need to slow down and take those moments to really see where we're headed and that's so cozy to actually use dreams as a tool to reflect and meditate 
Absolutely. And, and just to give you one example of that, years and years ago, before I was kind of reaching into my therapeutic career, I wasn't sure at that point where I wanted to go and, and which direction I wanted to go in. And it was only about 10 years later, I looked back at my dream diary because I've been keeping a dream diary, you know, for, for decades. And around that time in my life, I was having a recurring dream that I couldn't find a parking space. And it was only afterwards that I realized that the parking space was my niche. It was what area of therapeutic counseling do I want to go into? So, but the dream was I couldn't find a parking space. In other words, I couldn't find where I belonged, you know, in terms of my career. And so just even if it doesn't always make sense straight away, you might find, you know, a few years down the line, you look back in your dream diary and you're like, oh, I know exactly what that was. <laughs> sense of that now. Amazing. And you mentioned a few things at the top of the episode around like ways to get a better night's sleep, uh, mm -hmm. such as, you know, maybe reading a book, but not a book that's going to get you too excited, you know, kind of like you said, get your motor running. But <laughs> in, in a nutshell, what would your recipe be for the perfect cozy night's sleep? Sure. So uh, in the book, I talk about the golden hour, which is really the hour before bedtime. It really needs to be a sacred time where people are setting the intention to get a good night's sleep. And that might include, like I said, maybe doing some meditation, listening to some calming music, even things like, you know, changing your bedding, getting into crisp sheets after a warm bath. That can really help. But obviously, you don't want to be doing that every night. It's just, you know, as and when. <laughs> um, but, uh, but there's there's also other things around one of the things there's there's a lovely um guided meditation I give in the book which has a mantra associated to it because often I have a whole chapter in the book called the 4am mystery which is why we're awake in the middle of the night and often what I find is it's not so much that people are awake in the night that bothers them it's what they do next so if they're beating themselves up and calling themselves names or why am I awake why am I here you know those kinds of things um, and so I gave them this um, this mantra to use, which I've heard, and it's breathing in, I calm my body, breathing out, I calm my mind. And it's just such a lovely thing to repeat. If you find yourself, once you've done all those things, you've, you know, wound down before bedtime, you've got a lavender pillow spray, you've got an eye mask, <laughs> you know, you're doing all the right things, mm -hmm. but you still can't sleep then it's very much about managing the mind. And so that lovely mantra, breathing in, I calm my body, breathing out, I calm my mind, can just be a nice way to follow the breath. And often people find they drift off into a lovely sleep. So it's very much about setting yourself up for a good night's sleep, but also about taming the mind and managing the mind, maybe with a nice mantra before you go into sleep and perhaps focusing on the breath if it's helpful. Um, and often people find they have a lovely, refreshing sleep and they'll wake up you know, feeling like they're firing on all cylinders. Thank you for sharing that tool with us. I will definitely yeah. be trying that out tonight. <laughs> yes. Maybe you can see hedgehogs or cats and wake up ready ready to go. But um, Delphi, it was so lovely talking to you as a, as a treat. You have, I mean, a wealth of experience and that we're so lucky that you shared it um, with us and we want to share it with others. So uh, with that, where can our listeners find out more about your your work and just everything that you do? Yeah, so they can go to my website, which is focused around mental health and well-being, which is helpingyousparkle.com, um, and they can find the book. It's got its own website at answersinthedark.com. And all the links for those will be in our show notes, so they can follow our show notes to your website. Thank you again for joining us. This conversation has been such a dream. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> I love that. That was so incredible. Thank you again yes. to Delphi for joining us and sharing all of that wisdom about sleep and dreams with us. I am ready to go to sleep right now. Like I'm excited. I just woke up and I'm like, want to go back to sleep yeah. just to put some of those tips into action. So thanks again, Delphi, for 
taking the time to chat with us today and be sure to check out her website and book. Something that could maybe also help us drift off to sleep might be some cozy music. So let's take a listen to a couple of soothing sounds. My soothing sound is by her. I think I think you just say her. It's H E R. We're too right? old. But I don't know. Her, I think it's I'm her. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Her, I'm pretty sure. And the song is The Journey. And I read this. The song is being used a lot in like NBA promo videos. And I'll just have to take people's word for it because I'm not watching any of that. Same. <laughs> it came to me on Spotify. And it's an encouraging ballad uh, written by legendary songwriter Diane Warren. Some of her hits were Because You Love Me uh, by Celine Dion and How Do I Live for Leanne Rimes. Just a couple of examples. She also wrote a song for Ashley Tisdale. Oh, well, all the greats. (laughs) All the greats. Her described it as, in the process of creating it with Diane Warren, she wanted to get out of the way of the song. Whatever is there, let's just get out of the way. Those were her words describing the song. And you'll get that sense uh, listening to it, that it's just like a very focused, stripped down song that's really focused on the emotion of the lyrics. So uh, that's enough of me telling you how it sounds. Let's take a listen ourselves to hers, The Journey. It's such a an encouraging song, yes. and it really, you know, it's it's that kind of song you're like, you know, what, I can keep going, I can I can push through any difficulties I'm experiencing in my life right now. This song will it'll be your 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 walk up song to facing your challenges. So I, I really love this one. I like how she held the note, journey. Yeah, I don't think that we've had. I don't think that we've had a ballad on all things cozy ever. Maybe so that's a nice change of pace. I had to share it on the show because I, I think it's it's such a cozy song. And it, it, as you say, like we do like to like live in our little bubble of folksy or like mm-hmm. twee, like hipster music. So it's kind of nice to branch into something maybe a little more mainstream. It is. I, I really like it. So it's a lovely choice. And I am guess I'm taking us to the club. To take us there, Jillian. <laughs> what are you floor. listening to? I'm listening to Jack Rivers, a real name, Holly Rankin. I think it's a good sign when they have a... <laughs> name like a fake name like jack river that it's gonna be a bopping song um <laughs> it's lie in the sun from their upcoming album endless summer it's out june 16th so perfect timing and uh river said about the song we were asking my publisher about her youth and what she got to with friends in the suburbs and what kind of slang they would use to describe going out and getting wasted with friends she told us they'd say we're going to lie in the sun and so we're both fascinated and dreamt of a psych night scene fluorescent acid world of 70s youth and Mm. lie in the sun was born so i can't think of a more um amped up introduction than that so let's take a listen to jack rivers lie in the sun I feel like it's a very summer school is out song absolutely yeah people are running out they're, they're throwing in their books as they run out of the school doors yeah 100% it's one of those songs that you can't help but have a smile on your face listening to it yeah it definitely is like as we are 
winding down our season. This is our second to last episode of the current season. We'll so be sad. yeah, only one more before we hibernate uh, for the summer. This is one of those songs I think I'll be taking with me into my summer vacation. Yeah, we'll be throwing our mugs up in the air. Exactly, <laughs> crashing down. <laughs> All right, that that thank, thanks again, Julian. That was a, an incredible pick. I really I like actually uh, the songs that we picked this week are very different but very complementary yes. in their own way. You're right. Um, like as as uh, Jack River described, a a dream of a, a psych night. <laughs> <laughs> fluorescent acid world that's describes our show perfectly maybe we should rebrand as psych night i don't even know what that means to be honest <laughs> i mean i probably don't want to know so okay as wonderful as it was it did get me a little too excited julian i need i need to calm down i need to wind down yeah let's wind down with the scented candle what candle are we reviewing this week we are burning the new savants dream girl it retails for 38 and it's actually started by um, Ingrid Nielsen, and she's a former YouTube um, content creator and started her own company um, with a partner, Erica Anderson. And uh, this dream girl scent has lemon, dark cherries, ripe strawberries, a lot of fruit. And then what I was really interested in was the, the Coca-Cola, sparkling cola mm. um, scent uh, with rose petals. <laughs> Uh, fresh tobacco, brushed leather, washed denim, and the description of the candle I think is really interesting. As inspired by Ingrid's teenage years, a revisionist history of sorts, the scent reimagines young love through a queer lens. Um, today, Ingrid is an out lesbian, but what would it have been like to date girls in high school? What would a dream date look like? What would a dream girl be like? And so I thought that was a really fun spin on a, on a candle. Very um, appropriate for today's episode, all about dreams. Yes, because I was on the hunt for candles that had dream in the, in their name, their dream. And a lot exactly. of them are those meditation candles. They're not really, wasn't really yes. what I was looking for. Uh, so this was a, a great um, alternative. And I think I've never had a candle that mixed those tart, fruity scents with the darker, um, tobacco-y, leathery scent. And yeah. it pairs so perfectly and it's just such a nice combination and we're always so afraid of those fruity petally scents to overpower <laughs> but it doesn't it just complements each other and someone i saw described it as like a tardy dr pepper which is just something i think we all need to maybe smell just because it's such a weird little um combination but lovely yeah. in its own own right so i found this line because i'll be honest mandy moore was promoting <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I gotta try Mandy. AKA like, Jillian's Dream Girl. <laughs> God. So yeah, I I, I want to try more of these candles and give it a go. Go go find your dream girl. Yeah, I, this sounds amazing. Honestly, every single scent note sounds like a Lana Del Rey lyric. Mm-hmm. I really, as you were describing, like this is like Lana Del Rey the candle. That's a good way of saying it. <laughs> what she would smell like: cherries, cola, <laughs> denim, <laughs> tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> All the greatest hit. Yeah. Um, so look up for me. Yeah, I'm going to come over to your place. I want to smell what, what a dream girl smells like. Yeah. I'm mixing in with my sense of cat butts. And... <laughs> <laughs> a fabulous mixture, for sure. Yeah. That does it for our episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you're, you're, I'm sure you're already dreaming of the next one. Um, but before we leave you this week, uh, we do have a few shout outs. First of all, thank you to Ashley C., a longtime friend of the pod for joining Patreon. 
We really appreciate your support. Uh, thank you for joining the Cozy Commandos, as I like to say, and supporting the show. <laughs> a reminder, if you join our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash allthingscozy, you can join um, at our votive level and get access to all of our book club episodes, including the back catalog of them. So we have a bunch now. So if, if you know, as we're heading into that little summer lull where we're not making new episodes for a couple of months and you're like, I need more of that cozy content. Uh, join our Patreon. You'll unlock the the archive of some of our book club episodes. Yeah, and also thank you to our friend Katie for sending a very kind message to us on Instagram. And Katie also sent us a recommendation for this um, Japanese show, cooking show, which I really need to check out. And we just love hearing from all of you. So we do read all the comments on Instagram and um, DMs and our Facebook group and all that that great stuff. So let's pep in our step to hear from you. Thank you all again for listening. We'll be back in your ears next week for another cozy episode. Pleasant and cozy dreams to all. Until next time, stay Stay cozy. cozy.